that intro will play and then we will go into our main podcast so greg uh i mean not, i'm not sure if i need to tell you this but you know some of your shirts are kind of kind of crappy i mean you know what do you what do you mean by crappy they got like a sweet little pocket right here i mean uh, they could be better i mean there's some there's a place i know where it has lots of lots of cool stuff uh yeah but but how cool we're talking about triple a cool we're talking about shirts from 86.com they're a pretty cool site they sell all types of merchandise including t-shirts keychains and other cool stuff that they sell on their site uh and also have awesome video game material as well such as street fighter killer instinct guilty gear Skullgirls, blaze blue smite and 86 own brand of t-shirts as well as well as other stuff um, recently they put out some new keychain for Street Fighter Five, So, yeah, there's some awesome stuff there. So I'm just suggesting, you know, next time you go out and buy a shirt of any kind, I suggest check out 86.com. And if you want to support us and them at the same time, please use this link in, the, in your web browser to check out 86.com. Put in www.86.com question mark AFF equals four. Again, www. 86.com question mark AFF equals four. This link will tell them that we sent you and that we're cool with them as long as you're cool with us. Thank you and enjoy the show. Just in time, too. I literally just went away and just threw away some trash. Um, but, uh, <laughs> welcome everybody to another episode of Mission Star Podcast. Um, I am your host, Anthony Bionis. Um, and with me, usually it would be the man that uh, usually is here every week, but he is gone missing. He's MIA. He's disappeared into the abyss. So, with me, uh, is going to be not Greg, but Alex. Hey-o. And he's going to be with us talking about the past week in news. So, um, with that being said, let me get this set up real quick. Um, give me a second here. Where's the box? Boom. boom. Awesome. All right. There we go. Studio mode. There we go. Okay. So, let me get the timer set off real quick start that and then put up the uh that there we go okay so um agdq just ended yesterday um big congrats to them they uh had the uh the, the event in the, for the entire week this past week um and they were raising money um to uh, help fight against cancer and this year, they outdid themselves from last year's total. They reached a total amount of two point two or two two point two, two and change. Yes, we don't count the change. That's, <laughs> that's officially what they said. They don't count the extra. 
but they did but they did say that they did beat last year's uh total um which is awesome that's great i think they needed i think they needed just 2.2 to beat last year oh wait that's right wasn't uh but didn't they beat it though like i remember no no they definitely beat it they beat it but i think they they like just barely beat it this year uh gotcha i've seen some years where they just bury the previous record right definitely definitely um so yeah it was a pretty cool event i i for one loved it i always love watching the uh hdq hdq events for a whole week because it gives me entertainment to, to watch um and also games i never thought it would be sped run so uh yeah it was a great event congrats to them um and there, there definitely is some great speed runs i definitely love like this one right here we're seeing on screen uh where it was the uh the kaijo <laughs> Uh, it was like this was a Taz bot. Uh, oh, this run. is a Taz. Oh, fuck. yeah. It was like that's why you've seen some un- insane <laughs> stuff right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> We're just like I'm just gonna go through walls. Yeah, it was insane. There was there was a lot of good ones. I I really loved the Resident Evil Seven speed run. That was one of my favorites. Um. Oh yeah, the <laughs> the Cappy. <laughs> that was great. Um, there was definitely some other ones I really enjoyed watching. Actually, I actually liked the the last one. The um. The Breath of the Wild run. I tuned in for like uh, the second half because I wasn't going to, you know, sit there for the entire time. But it was fun to watch for sure. I actually watched almost the entirety of that. That was actually really interesting to watch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, I definitely liked the way that he would get across the the map with the, uh, with the, was it a tree? It was a tree and it was like some other objects that we used to launch himself. Yeah, uh, the tree rockets and he'd use boulders and chests and... Mm-hmm. bases <laughs> yeah like, it was it was really cool to see that it was really cool to see just interesting tech overall in that game um and how he would get to from one end to the other but also like you know explain like hey you know this like area where like the, the developers want you to kind of figure it out and he like just puts a bomb there and it's like explodes and it gets through it's like oh you could do that <laughs> so like yeah it was really cool like uh the Breath of the Wild was, was uh, another one I really liked. Um, the Mega Man 1 through 3 race was good. I love that. Um, what uh, For you, Alex, which ones did, did uh, stood out for you? Um, well, Breath of the Wild definitely stood out for me. That was a huge one for me. Uh, I, I've been playing Breath of the Wild. I still am playing Breath of the Wild on my, twi- on my Switch. And it's a really interesting game. So watching him use all those mechanics that they put in in ways that I'm just, I had never even thought to try and use them was really interesting. Um, I'm honestly, I'm a really big fan of like the, uh, the Super Mario speedruns, just cause those guys, like th- those speedruns have been around for a long, long time. They've been optimized really, really well. And every now and then someone comes up with like, uh, oh, well we can save like a second and a half if we do this, but it's always really fun to watch them do that. Cause of the amount of skill you need to have to be able to pull those runs off. Like a lot of those jumps are like literally pixel perfect. And if you're not right on it, that's it. Yeah, you had to be very precise when it comes to uh, speedrunning. And I think there was, what was a prime example was, um, it was actually in the Legend of Zelda uh, speedrun where like he was uh, trying to get past the forest and he was like a couple pixels off. Like he said, he didn't need, need to be to, to the right a little bit so he won't be... Uh... Oh yeah, he was, it was the, uh, the forest. He So he launched himself with a tree or off of a tree into the air and was trying to glide over the forest so he wouldn't get into the load. And apparently there's only a certain path you can take for it. And he was slightly to the left of where he needed to be. 
So he ended up loading in and had to run through the entire forest, the lost forest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, cost him some time. Like there was definitely some 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 moments where like he was, like he he didn't he wasn't successful in that run. Um, but overall, like yeah. you know, the whole thing he was, was only he was what only three minutes off the uh, estimated time. Was I it? Mean, I thought it was like a minute. Off. No, it, it was like three minutes, like it, or two minutes. No, two minutes, two minutes uh, and change. Gotcha. Like he was supposed to be like three hours and 57 minutes. He ended at three hours and 59. Mm-hmm. So like he got real close to what the estimated time was. Uh, gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, his the, the run was really awesome. I, re- I really enjoyed uh, the Legend of Zelda uh, speed run. Yeah. Um, the Mega Man blocks are always fun to watch. Mega Man X specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, man, yeah. that game, that game is so fun to watch. Like, oh man, it, it, it was uh, pretty fun. It was pretty fun to watch. Uh, you know, Big John and Caleb were on, were on the mics, um, and they were getting the, uh, the crowd into it. It was really hype. Um, yeah, it, in general, like the whole event was awesome. Uh, it is definitely a really awesome thing they're doing, uh, and they definitely raised a lot of money yeah. this year. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and the one thing I love, too, is they make it so clear, too. They're like, hey, look, if you have any interest in whatsoever in learning to speedrun this, here's everything you yeah, need to know cool. to go that. and I become a speedrunner. And then you can possibly come out here and do, you know, a GDQ. Yeah, I, I love that. I love the fact that they would they, they tell everybody, like, hey, if you're interested in speedrunning this game, we're on a Discord, we're on the site, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, it's here's really our cool. website. Here's our Discord. Here's, you know, how here's the best ones to get started with here. Like, they give you a ton of information. Yeah, and I love it. Uh, uh, one other thing I, d- I do I do want to point out because like it got me thinking like I could possibly speedrun this um, was the uh, the teaching segment of the speedrun where he uh, I forgot it was dark something I want to say dark man but um, I forgot his his his, uh, his tag but basically uh, he was teaching another speedrunner about a completely different game he has never speedrun before um, and how to beat it. And it was kind of a live demonstration of like what exactly would go through the mind of how would you speed run uh, in this in this instance it was uh, Strider the the original NES mm-hmm. and he would go into like okay so these are the tricks to pull off this trick it's called zip um, and then just kind of guide him through like you know beating the game within like ten minutes um, I saw that and I was like man I could I might I might just do that for a cool party trick. Um, so there, there is really cool. It's really awesome. What I love about the speedrunners is like they really digest their game, and they definitely uh, love to you know also help others who want to get into it as well. Definitely, yeah, and it's it's a great cause too. And AGD or GDQ, sorry, GDQ, they do it twice a year um, unless they have an emergency one. I think last year they did an emergency one for uh, like Harvey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but usually the, the two big ones that they normally do, there's the one they just finished, which is AGDQ, um, and that is for the can- uh, Prevent Cancer Foundation. And the other one that they do, it's uh, SGDQ, it's the summertime, and that one is for Doctors Without Borders. Um, both of them, I mean, honestly, if you if you ever go back, you ever go check out their, uh, their Twitch. Like, they have all of the VODs on there. Um, I think they all have them split up as well by, like, different categories and stuff like that, but... Uh, if you check it out, you can actually see, you know, these guys raise a lot of money. They usually average no less than a million dollars for whatever benefit they're going for. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge outpouring from our community, from their community. And you know what? That that just goes to show everyone, you know, growing up, it's like, oh, video games, what are they going to do? They're useless. It goes to show, hey, you no, know, these things are actually good. 
and it actually brings people together for a good cause. Definitely, definitely. All right, moving on to our next topic. And this one, this one to me, as I was going through the, um, as I was going through the news, um, so CES is happening or it has happened uh, in the past week. And uh, there were some things that were announced, you know, the usuals like TVs, uh, you know, uh, for, for cameras and whatnot and new technology for the future. Um, and what may or may become an actual thing or not. One of which, as you see on screen, is the the the, uh, the Game Boy. Um, so this is off of Gizmondo.com, written by Andrew Lisinski. Game Boy is coming back thanks to Hyperkin. With the NES and SNES Classic Edition retro consoles still selling out as fast as they are on sale, it is safe to assumption that Nintendo is going to revive some of its other popular consoles soon. But before the Game Boy Classic Edition had a chance to become more than uh, than a rumor, Peripheral's manufacturer Hyperkin is releasing its own re remake of the classic portable handheld, temporarily called the Ultra Game Boy. While it's still in development, the name is actually a perfect description of Hyperkin's hardware, which improves on Nintendo's original Game Boy in countless ways without affecting the classic Game Boy uh, or gameplay many of us remember. Uh, now, read one last part here. Uh, the Ultra Game Boy house, uh, is housing made from aluminum, which was which has a wonderful heft. Uh, when uh, when you pick it up, your original Game Boy is probably covered in nicks and scratches, but will will take a lot of abuse for Hyperkin's remake that's to start showing wear and tear. The Ultra Game Boy carries over the original volume and contract dials, but the final version will include a third dial, allowing you to adjust the portable consoles. New backlit LCD display through the entire RGB spectrum. The backlight can also be turned off if you want to truly authentic squinty Game Boy experience. And I'll post the link in the chat for those who want to check out the. Uh, it is not a licensed Game Boy. You're right. You're right. It is not yeah. a licensed Game Boy. Um, and that right, right, that right there, right away makes me question it because, let's be honest, if you have Game Boy, if you still have the original Game Boy games, you don't want to risk that shit. Because you can't just go out and buy a new one again. They're hard to find. Yeah. When you do find them, they're expensive. Are you willing to risk your Game Boy games on... I mean, sure, it's probably going to be fine, but what if something goes wrong? Nintendo immediately turn around and be like, well, sucks for you, bitch. I think the one thing for me when it comes to this is, first off, what? <laughs> Second off, um, like... I'm kind of wondering, like, is Nintendo going to come down on them with a C and D? Yeah. Like, all can the you can games? you even call it a Game Boy? Like, honestly, isn't uh, that I copyrighted? I don't think like, you can. I have to is, put it isn't there a, a trademark name. on that? I'm pretty sure there is. Like, more if anything, like, yeah, Nintendo is going to C and D this for, uh, I think, rather quickly, as they, as we've seen in, in the past past year actually, of other games they have C and D because it was. Yeah, you know, basically. Well, I mean, the same shit. Thing. Somebody re somebody created an entirely new Pokemon game, completely yeah. new. Yep. And they yep. cease and desist that. They also. This is this is not even like oh, a new product. This is literally we're taking old shit, putting it in a new shell. Yeah, yeah. And this isn't the case like it is right now with Sega because the Sega is bringing back their old consoles, but they're modernizing the internal uh, internal mechanics or uh, internal components that make sure it, it works in the mainstream. Uh, with, with the with, uh, LCD TVs and whatnot, um, Sega can do that because they own the the, the rising company. But the Hyperkin, I'm not sure if they can do this. Um, it's a cool thing to see, though. 
Don't get me wrong. I, I think it's really cool to see Nintendo. I mean, Nintendo. <laughs> really cool to see the uh, the Game Boy, you know, back, but also with uh, modernized uh, modernized components, um, but also at the same time still has that uh, very old feel to it, as well as other improvements to it as well. Um, so yeah, I think Nintendo yeah, is going to see this. Nintendo still holds a U.S. trademark for it. Oh, okay. Then yeah, they're going to they're gonna come down. Yeah. <laughs> they're going to come so, down on this. <laughs> even if even if Nintendo didn't want to, so here's how the trademarks work. If nobody knows how they work, even if Nintendo doesn't want to come down on this, if they don't come down on it, it leaves the next person who decides to do something with the Game Boy name able to do so. And if they come down on that person, they can counter sue and say, "Yeah, but they didn't stop that person, and there was no agreement there." Mm-hmm. So, how trademarks work in the U.S. it kind of sucks because. When you see like all these big companies coming down super hard on people, it's not always because they want to. A lot of the time, it's because if they don't do it, their trademark is weak, and now they can't actually defend it when they need to. Yeah, and they, and in some cases, they have to defend it every time, or else they'll lose it. Yeah, no, in most in most cases, it's actually in most cases, it's not even a matter of having to defend it every time. It's just a matter of if you do not defend it, you will not be able to defend it moving forward, simply because. Once again, if you don't if you don't defend it, the next first time somebody does it, they can usually point to say that one time you didn't defend it. Obviously, you didn't care about this trademark, and it just kind of becomes a shit show. And that's why trademarks suck. Yeah, that's the short version. <laughs> the short version, yeah, trademarks suck, suck, but it's it's there and it's been in our system for a very long time. Um, but nonetheless, I think if anything, the you know the pie in the sky, you know positive outlook on this is that you know nintendo will take this idea and like hey let's do a game boy um classic now um for their next upcoming series or whatnot and then have several games with it um i honestly think a better option would just be let's release a new uh game boy like a 2d or the game boy whatever the fuck they're calling them now 2d Um, but ha- but just load it up with a fuck ton of like extra ROMs on there because those games don't take a whole lot of space. Exactly, exactly. They could they could do that. They could do the exact same thing they did, they did with the past uh, other classics. No. You could go even further than that. You could be like, look, we'll go ahead, we'll sell you cartridges, and they each cartridge because of improvements can hold X amount of games, and then we'll just sell sell you a way to download them to that ROM and then play it off of that cartridge. I mean, there's a lot of different ways they could go with it if they decided to actually reproduce the original Game Boy and all those games. Right, right. I, yeah, I'm I'm kind of curious what direction they would go with. Um, I'm kind of, obviously, again, this could be C&D, um, if, if not now, in the near future. Oh, uh, definitely. But uh, I think that Nintendo, yeah, I, I can definitely see them doing a Game Boy Classics. I, I'm, I'm kind of curious on what direction they would want to go with that. Um, because I, f- I feel like they might not do that only because like they have the virtual console store, whatever that, whenever that goes up, and mm-hmm. they can sell games right off there on the Switch to promote. Yeah, hey, buy the Switch, you yeah. know, get the games off of there. So oh, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. No, and I mean, it, this would actually be really interesting to see for speedrunners too. To throw it back to AGDQ because a lot of guys want to r- run these old games in their original format because that's where all the bugs are and things like that. A lot of the times when you get re-releases, they fix things. So if they could, if they re-release the original as it was relaunched games, that'd actually be really interesting. It would be. It would be. But I digress. 
So moving on to our next topic at hand, Blaze Blue. Hang on a minute, I need to start the timer. And there we go. Okay. Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle has been announced with the release date um, and a new DLC character. But more importantly, their DLC plan has been laid out and people are not happy. Uh, this is reported off of Destructoid.com, uh, written by Nick Valdez. Blaze Blue Cross uh, Tag Battle coming in June adds Ruby's Blake Badana. I think I'm, that. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, as DLC. Launch roster of 20 with 20 characters planned as DLC. Artism Works has a habit of building up hype until the pre uh, perennial other shoe drops and brings us down to earth. Like Dragon Ball Fighters, it seems rather than release a base game with a small roster and release expansions over time, the titular, well, Blaze Blue is an example. Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle will start with a sizable roster and has major DLC plans down the line. The first of which is Ruby's Black Baldana, who, uh, who fans most likely wanted to see in the main game. She's one of the 20 DLC fighters planned, uh, teased by the silhouettes you can view in the gallery. And the game will launch with 20 characters, which have all been revealed at this point. And this, here's the schedule, the DLC schedule. Um, DLC character, all one pack. DLC character, Blake Madonna. Uh, DLC character set volume one, question mark, question mark, question mark, and question mark. <laughs> DLC uh, character set volume two, three, four, five, six, and then just the last slot is DLC character. And I'll put the link in the chat for you guys when you read the whole article. But so here's the thing about it, about this. And if Greg was here, he will be defending this 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 idea of having half the cast um, of, of, of DLC characters uh, for this fighting game uh, as, as a way to like, you know, you got to make money somehow. You know, it's not magically. And he'll be the one on taking that side. But he's not here. Um, <laughs> so fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, so when I read this and when I looked into it, like for me, and I'm thinking on both sides, both as a competitive but also as a casual person. Um, the game is going to have 20 characters from the offset. And, and you know, that's awesome. That's, that's, that's a really good starting point. It's a really good uh, core uh, of characters to play off of. Um, and then, you know, the more I thought about it, as far as like, you know, it, it from what I've understood, uh, the price right now, for, at least the list in Japan, like it's over here, translation to like 40, 50 bucks is what the game's going to be. Um, when it comes out next year. So my question, my question that came up, that I was thinking about is like, what are the price of these DLC characters? If they are reasonably priced, um, I think it will be okay. I don't think people will be too much up in arms about it. But if these characters are say like Capcom level levels right now, which I believe is like eight bucks a character, um, you're going to be spending more than 40 bucks afterwards, possibly up to 100, possibly up to, you know, whatever cost they may be. Um, it, part of me, it just does not feel right that half of half of the con half of the, the characters are, are locked behind a paid wall uh, for this game. And, you know, it, it kind of reminds me, it kind of reminds me of um, how, how it was Street Fighter X Tekken with the same situation where they were all on disc. Uh, oh, hey, Greg's in chat. <laughs> hey, Greg's in chat. He gets to listen to me destroy his, oh, what would be his argument. <laughs> yeah, so, 
so Alex, what's what's your take on this? Like what 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 what's your hot take on um on this ide- ideology of um having the uh paid content? So so here's the thing. I I'm not a fighting game guy. Like I've played them very casually in the past with the like the buddies or at the arcade when I was younger. Um but I'm not a huge fighting game person. I think honestly, for people like me, this is actually a really interesting way to try to get us involved in it. Cuz like, if I wanted to go out and buy, like, say I bought the base game, we'll say it's 40 or 50 bucks. 50 bucks, I buy the base game, I get 20 characters, and I get to see if I actually liked the game. If I actually liked the game, then it's like when the new characters start coming out, I'm more likely to go ahead and do it. Whereas if you're, you know, it's like, oh, you're going to have, say, 16, like, you know, 10 characters total, five, five and five, whatever. That, that's not a whole lot of experience to be able to, like, see if I actually enjoy the game. If I can go, the more characters you have up front gives you a better basis for people to actually launch off of and say, it's, you know what, it's worth paying this extra money. Mm-hmm. Now, you're concerned about how much of it's going to be. I agree. Um, that is a big concern. Like eight bucks a pop for a character. That That's a lot to me. That's a lot. I could see, I mean, me personally, I would I could justify to myself $5 a character. But yeah, yeah, eight eight starts pushing it because it's like okay, because I always related to well, how much do I get paid per hour? If I get paid per uh, per hour, eight dollars. If I buy two characters, that's more than an hour's work for me at my day job. That's hard to justify. Of like, okay, well, how much time am I actually going to spend on those characters? Am I going to get my money's worth out of those characters? Maybe do maybe you could do it like you know if there's a certain character if you want to buy single characters it's a little bit more expensive and then if you buy a pack it's like a reduced cost so if you wanted to do like say eight for a single character and then if you buy a pack it's five per character so that gives you 15 basically saying that the third character is free to you Mm -hmm. i think something like that might work out well to try and really bring people into playing yeah I think the other thing, dude. Uh, other thing to point out is that I think for for a lot of people who are just casually, you know, interested into the game or maybe you want to buy it, um, more than likely, like you, if you're casually want to play it, like it's probably best to wait until like the the grand like uh, what what they call it, the collector's edition comes out and like has every character in it, um, a la you know, Injustice. So like you know, people can definitely wait if they do that. If they don't, mm-hmm. then that kind of sucks. On a on the on the competitive side, when it comes to this, um, it really I mean people are gonna have to buy it and have to bite the bullet and it's gonna suck for a lot of those people. But again, it's gonna come down the price with these DLC characters. <gasps> and they have because like the thing about it is that if you're playing out the base game and you're trying to learn match specific matchup or characters that you may not have access to, then it's on you to kind of figure that out. Um, and for a lot of people on the competitive side, like they've already been out there crying like this is. It sucks. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree that it kind of sucks on the competitive side. But what most people don't realize, what people don't remember, is if they're, if I'm assuming that they're going to be a US based competitor, because that's where our tax code, my tax code information is coming from. For them, if they're in the US and they pay US taxes, if they buy those characters and this is their job, this is what they make their money in, that's a tax write off for them. It's not as bad as people seem to think, where it's like, oh, well, you're going to have to buy all that just to be competitive. They're still just going to write it off. Who cares? Like, it's not going to be that bad. Right. And, and again, it all comes down to how much these characters cost. Um, yeah. So we'll see in the future when it when that, when that happens next year. Um, but it's... Well, the interesting part, too, is they have the all-in-one pack listed. 
is that all the characters for one price? They have that. There are no details on that yet. See, that, so. That's the interesting thing I see there because they have it set. They have like six different character, uh, six different sets. They have two different characters by themselves, and then they have the all-in-one. The all-in-one literally includes every single character, and it gives you a reduced price because you're buying it all at once. It could not be as bad as people think. Possibly, possibly. More than likely, we'll find out more information when it comes out next year. Um, Greg, uh, yeah, you're yeah. We can definitely do that. We can do a switch. Um, so yeah, because I'm because I'm about to say like we have no Overwatch minis for today. Um, but yeah, all right, yeah, we can do that. So for those wondering uh, on the podcast, uh, Greg is going to come uh, at the very end, uh, tail end of this, and uh, join me and to kick Alex out later on. So dicks. <laughs> Moving Greg, on. just send me your notes. I'll do it. <laughs> Moving on to our next topic as I get this set up real quick. Okay, so um, there has been some hints. Um, actually, this was an, actually this was actually uh, announced. I forgot what would have been like a year or two ago, but like Capcom did say they're working on a RE2 remake um, of some sort. I can't remember where exactly. The source was might have been from Capcom themselves, but to uh, iterate the possibility of a Resident Evil 2 remake, um, this was posted on a uh, form which leaked out some interesting information regarding Resident Evil official social media channels. All change your logos to tease. Um, I did, this is posted from a uh, form number called Dusk Golem. I debated making this thread, but someone else mentioned they wanted to make a thread, so I decided, hey, why not? Uh, the official Resident Evil Twitter, Facebook, etc. are all just now changing to the official profile picture logo of the social feeds to a brand new logo. Um, it's a new logo, but it's an updated look uh, of, the, uh, of the logo uh, the series had during its first three en- uh, entries. Just more worm and torn, uh, more worn and torn, and with ma- and many people will recognize it from from this specifically. And he puts a picture of Resident Evil Two. Uh, regardless, is definitely some uh, fuel to the fire for people suspecting we may be getting a Resident Evil 2 news soon, uh, which is being fueled. Hang on a second, I need to scroll to the left. Uh, which is being fueled uh, as RE2's 20th anniversary is January 21st, and uh, which is eight days from now, or in this case, seven days from now. Um, what what does Resident uh, Era think? Just finally updating logo from the 20th anniversary series. Uh, yada yada yada. Uh, so basically, they updated their social media with the Resident Evil font, but it's the Resident Evil Two font. Is what they updated the the uh, the lo- their social media as of late, uh, which is hinting at Resident Evil Two news um, in possibly in seven days, which is cool. Which is cool. Um, I'm pretty excited for this. Um, if it if it indeed happens, I remember that uh, they uh, see indeed. Uh, uh, somebody who was actually was making a Resident Evil 2 remake themselves in C&D, and that's kind of uh, the uh, trickle-down effect of, like, you know, what other, you know, the possibly they're, look, they're, they're looking into a remake of Resident Evil 2, uh, because as of late, they've done Resident Evil me- remakes for uh, most, uh, not most of the games, but, like, some of the select titles as of late. Uh, Zero, um, they had their, uh, what was it, Resident Evil, what was it? It was two. It was like two episodes, and it was um, it was with the story of Barry. Um, regardless, uh, when it comes to Resident Evil, Capcom has been recently been on a, a pretty high with that. Um, after after six, for uh, for good reason. <laughs> so 
um, they're, it looks like they're really hinting at, at Resident Evil uh, 2 remake trailer or news about it. Um, which would be sick. It'd be awesome. And the remakes they've done with the Resident Evil games have been pretty, pretty uh, awesome and pretty nailed down. So. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to have to go the other way. I don't... I, uh, maybe it is something they're hinting at, but honestly, that doesn't remind me of Resident Evil 2 whatsoever. So to extrapolate saying that this is Resident Evil 2 remake because they changed the Twitter icon, I, I think you're just kind of grasping at straws on that one. Like, nothing in that logo screams Resident Evil 2 other than... Well, no, even, even the colors aren't the correct one because the original Resident Evil 2 logo was uh silver with like uh red outlining like a red glow around it hmm. like this this isn't this is this, this honestly is more closer to like uh the logo the lettering they're start, they've been using for uh resident evil uh what seven you know biohazard uh, yeah i could i could see yeah i could see some of that so um... i mean honestly this could just be them like the guy pointed out it could just be them updating it from the 20th uh anniversary uh, a picture that they had right but it, like it, it yeah I, I would also say like it's a little in, it's a little what's what I looking for like it's a little suspicious that Capcom or whoever the social media head uh, uh, of this division updating a social media font to to this font you know seven days away from the 20th anniversary of Resident Evil 2 so you know it's not to say that you know that goes one, uh, hand by hand as far as like you know, one, this is telling, you know, some Resident Evil 2 uh, remake news coming down the pipeline. But it is a little suspicious, at the very least. I mean, it's a little suspicious, yeah, but I'll give you that. But like I said, it, it doesn't doesn't scream anything's happening. It really doesn't. It just is them changing their picture. I think, the, I think one of the problems is people really look too far into this stuff when a company does something and they're hoping for it. It, it doesn't mean what you want it to mean all the time. It just is something that they're doing and it could be just like they're doing a small little throwback to you know a time a different time true for all we know it could be uh more resident evil 7 dlc like yeah like it, yeah, could, it could be yeah. easily yeah because i mean it's been a while to be fair it's been a while since i've seen resident evil 2 uh <laughs> but i don't remember them having like a tree like a house like out in the fucking woods like this logo looks like it has in the background I don't I, remember any of that. I, I would say that probably would harken to RE1, RE1 if anything. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's what they're going to... Maybe that's actually what they're hinting at. Maybe they're going to... Oh, an RE1 one remake? One. Didn't they already maybe, do one? I mean... Didn't they already did do they? one, though? I, I, I could have sworn they, they already did one. Um, I think they did a remaster. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, yeah. I don't think they did, like, a full <laughs> remake. I think they did an actual remaster. Um, Greg in the chat is also agreeing. It could be just a simple logo change and nothing yeah. more. Yeah, I mean, if if it's not, if it's something else, awesome. Yeah. But yeah. honestly, I wouldn't get your hopes up for it just because they changed their picture. Yeah, definitely. It, yeah, again, this is, I guess you would, you, you would call this rumor mill as far as like what exactly uh, this entails. But uh, we'll find out in about seven days from now. Or by the time you listen to this on the podcast feeds, um, it would be, what is it, 14, 15, like four, five days from now. Yeah. And, and let me remind you too, Capcom said like two two years and change ago that they were doing a Resident Evil two remake. Yeah, They've, they have officially announced they're doing it, but no timeline. We have no idea who's on board to do it. We we have no information. They've been super tight lipped about it. For all we know, they're like, hey, we're gonna do it eventually. 
Yeah. So it, it may it may pop up soon or it may not. Maybe, maybe this is just their way of like saying, hey, we're going to start working on it. Yeah, maybe. We don't know if they've been working on maybe, it. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> I mean, who knows what they've been doing? They've been, um, they've been doing some, they've been getting ready for that Monster Hunter launch. That's what they've been doing. <laughs> that, I've been getting ready for that Monster Hunter launch, but that's a totally different story. <laughs> But uh, yeah, we'll in we'll find out in about seven days, five days, four days from now. Uh, but I'm excited. Hopefully it is. Hopefully it is. I, I hope I hope it is. I hope it is. It'd be great. I'll be super excited. All right. So moving on to the next topic at hand, the Nintendo Direct or Mini Direct happened this past week. Oh, hang on. Actually, I need to change that to blah 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 time boom. There we go. All right. So, the Nintendo Mini Direct happened this past week, um, and there were definitely a lot of games that were announced. And um, the league I talked about in last week's podcast, I, I had thought would be uh, talked about in this uh, Mini Direct, but um, was was not was uh, it was not in. So, more than likely, hopefully that that league was real. I'm I'm expecting it to be announced in the more proper direct when that happens. Um, but what we did get is we got a bunch of games. Um, and let me just go down the list real quick. Uh, the World Ends of View, which everybody lost their goddamn mind when that was announced. It's coming to the Greg, Switch. Greg is begging to come in for this. <laughs> Greg is begging for it. <laughs> he is. Even I'm just audio. All right, all right. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Greg is. Greg wants in this badly. He, he is begging for this one. <laughs> Okay, I it did. It might be some weird stuff going on on the right box, but yeah, let me get him in here. He's and gonna then, shove me out of the way. <laughs> it's gonna be like trying to balance. Too. Oh wait, no, what's your? It's Chubb. Yeah. Okay, Chubb. There. All right. So yeah, a little weirdness happening right now on the on the right side there. There, they got both Alex and Greg. <laughs> also now. Yeah, now I'm an idiot who passed out, and I gotta turn down my phone because that's gonna sound weird. Yeah, it yeah, is. It's gonna sound really weird. So I'm gonna resume this now. So, uh, so Greg, um, now that you're here, like, what do, what do you want to talk about with the with the mini direct? Well, you were listing off the games, but I was gonna say that uh, what I think is fascinating about the direct was that it's it was a mini direct, not a full direct. Yeah, that is true. But they did they did have a big announcement in there. Oh yeah, yeah. The, the, the very last game, yes. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was huge. We'll get to that in, in a bit. Um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so the, f- the first game that was announced was The World Ends of View. People lost their goddamn minds. Uh, I know that people on my Twitter list were just going like, ah, it's coming to the Switch. Uh, Pokemon Tournament DX DLC, they announced some new DLC character, which, if it, is it me or is Pokemon just getting more lazier and lazier with their uh, characters? Like, this po- new Pokemon is straight up just a sword. Oh, no, that's been around for a while. Okay. All right. there, there's like three different versions of it. There's like a sword, a sword and shield, and then there's a, just a straight up shield version. And like it, yeah. I think they ran out of ideas like three <laughs> generations ago. Gotcha. All right. Good. Good thing I'm, I'm not doing one thing in that. Uh, Kirby Star All, uh, Allies, um, which was announced back in E3, uh, but a new trailer for the game showed off a slew of new abilities, artists. Uh, spider change up Kirby's available move sets, and there'll be also be a mix of match abilities when uh, replaying the game. We have Kirby's in co-op mode. I think that w- which one was that one? Kirby also um, Kirby Star Allies was 
Let me look at it real quick. Uh, I want to say it was a 3DS game, yeah. if I'm rem remembering correctly. I believe you may be right on that. Uh, let me go to images real quick. Uh, oh, it was the side scroller. No, no, no. This is a, this is a Switch game. It's a side scroller um, that can play up to four people, and it's uh, yeah, it's a new Kirby game. It's a new Kirby side scroller game for, for Switch. Allies? Yeah, it's the it's a game where you got buff DDD. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The, yeah. Cool. This is, it's, yeah. Another Kirby side scroller, which you know I'm all I'm all down for. Kirby games have always been good for the most part. For um, the most part. Next on the list, they announced. Well, yeah, no, no, no. Okay, you're talking. Okay, Star Allies is the new one, right? That's the one that's coming out. Yeah, March 16th. So, what game were you talking about that was already out on the Switch? That was a side scroller. No, I'm saying, no, I'm saying this is a Kirby side scroller that. Yes, is yes, yes. Okay, Anthony, what I, <laughs> what you were talking about a different Kirby game a second ago. No, I'm going. Oh, I'm going. I was reading out the description. It's not, I'm going off. Oh. I'm, I'm going off of Game Spots. Because uh, you, you said the last Kirby game, and I was trying to remember what the last Kirby game. No, was. no, no, no. I, I, I said that Kirby games are always are usually are always pretty good. Yeah, uh, there hasn't been a like a 3D um, or like a 300 like a Mario 64 or whatever with Kirby. It's always been two uh, side scroller. So yeah, I yeah. wasn't terribly surprised that this was. What I think is interesting about it, though, is that um, uh, it it looks like it's more in lieu of what uh, um, the the SNES version was, where you could yeah yeah the, it, the, the, yeah the copyability could be like a, a friend like that's playing the game with you or something to that effect. Yeah, it definitely it definitely harkens back from just from the visual aspect of it of. Um of uh, the uh, SNES version of uh, which was it uh, Kirby All-Stars um, or at least yeah, one of my Kirby favorites yeah. yeah which is my favorite Kirby game of all time um, I mean I'm looking forward to it because I enjoy Kirby so oh yeah definitely uh, Dragon Quest Builders uh, demo is out today so it's a, it's Minecraft but with Dragon Quest so kind of kind of um, like I feel like it would be a little bit better if I could pull the camera back a little bit further on the game, but the, the fact that I can't, and everything is done, you have to do objectives. Like, you don't get to just create and build and move things the way that you would in Minecraft. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Uh, next up was Hyrule Warriors Ultimate Edition, which basically is like the penultimate uh, edition of Hyrule Warriors that include the 3DS characters, Wii U characters into the Switch. So, yeah. Um, you get to play uh, uh, Hyrule Warriors with every other character that you ever wanted to in a in a uh, theme Masu game. Um, what, what was it called? That's, man, I forgot I forgot the, the, the series, but like basically you're just killing like a bunch of enemies on the screen over and over again. Yeah, I know that yeah, I know that I've seen it, like a Gundam game based in it. Mm -hmm. Obviously, obviously, uh, uh, Dynasty Warriors and um, yeah. Uh oh, Alex is, is disappeared. His 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 webcam is gone. Don't mind me. Don't oh. mind me. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> my my Discord was acting a little bit weird. I was like, no, you don't need to be in this call anymore. <laughs> um. All right. Well, moving on, uh, Mario Tennis Aces, which is cool. We get a new Mario Tennis game. 
This uh. is the one that I'm excited about because if it's like other Mario Tennis games where you get power-ups and abilities, it's going to be a super fun party game. Yeah, definitely, definitely. On top of the, on top of that, um, it's in the, it's including a story mode for this game for the first time and in Mario Tennis game. So not no, not the first time. No, it's hmm. uh, I want to say the second time. Maybe. Okay. And I remember seeing the trailer and they were kind of touting the fact like, and there's a story mode in this game. I was like, oh, cool. Yeah, because there hasn't there hasn't been for a long time. I want to say the N64 one had a story. Hmm. Okay. I don't remember though. I know that people were talking about it online. It definitely wasn't a first time, but right, right. Um, that's cool. Um, interesting, interesting thing about this as I'm reading the description. Um, uh, it's gonna become it's, it's coming from the developers of Camelot, it, the team behind Golden Sun for GBA, and numerous other Mario sports titles. So that's interesting. Hmm. I well, you know, we've talked about how before how Nintendo is going to be outsourcing a lot of their uh, their IPs to um, make more co- like make more exclusive stuff. So right, right, definitely, definitely. Uh, next game is Wise Eight, Lucremisia of Dana, uh, anime RPG. Um, cool, it looks good for people who want to get into that. I know the series is is, is just some fan, there's a fan base for it, so. But uh, I have nothing but not much to say other than it looks good, you know, on on the Switch and it's portable. So yeah, yeah, uh, this is cool. So they're up. So they're they're supporting more content to Super Mario um, uh, Super Mario Odyssey um, with the uh, uh, different out the different outfits for Mario uh, Sunshine Shades, Musician Hats, Night Armor Helmet. Um, but the other cool thing they're doing is like it's kind of like a a, I don't want to say like a competitive move, but like kind it is um, regarding the balloon uh, world mode. Yeah, the Luigi balloon thing. Yeah, where you get to hide uh, the balloons and place them on, on the map or in, in the world, and you got to find them. I'm the- not like, oh, pardon me, sorry. I'm not gung-ho about this mode. Um, I don't really think it's going to add too much to the game. Um I am interested to see exactly what it is. Like, what I'm kind of hoping is that I don't have to find friends' balloons. I'm hoping that, like, Luigi just shows up and he's like, in each world, I've hidden five balloons. Go find them, Mario. And, like, that's what you get to do, which is kind of cool. Um, uh, but I'm always down for them, like, adding uh, new um, outfits for Mario, new things for him to wear. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm just and, I'm and just surprised. This is, all, this is all free content too, as far as I know. Oh, that's true. I hadn't seen no prices yet. I'm just surprised. I'm just. It's cool to see that they're um, supporting the uh, the game with more content post launch. Um, yeah. So I'm kind of curious if they'll. I'm wondering to do like some DLC for it at some point, which would be cool. I'll be I'll be, I'll be down to see some, like some more DLC for the game um, if that if that is the case. Uh, next game is what you see uh, behind us. I've been on a loop. Uh, SNK uh, uh, Heroines Tag Team Frenzy, which we talked a little bit on on the uh, on the Let's Play stream on Thursday, but it is literally just uh, what uh, it is King of Fighters waifu game, uh, as you see on screen, and they're in, you can customize different outfits for every character. Um, they have odd things popping out like curry and other cute things and a snowball like this. This game is ultimate waifu, well, not ultimate waifu uh, game, but this is quite literally King of the Fighters waifu edition. 
because um, it's going very much off of King of Fighters 14 uh, in terms of the the way it plays, the way just from the visual looks of it, why, and the way it plays. Why curry? <laughs> I, it's a uh, it's a Japanese thing. Curry, uh, you know, cute things, curry. I guess. I mean, yeah. I feel like they're trying to compete with Dead or Alive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't like, doubt like, it. Let's be honest <laughs> I here. wouldn't doubt let's it. Let's be honest. You look at this and you know, take away like the curry that they're throwing and shit like that, but doesn't it kind of remind you of Dead or Alive? It it as far as of customization in terms of like yeah. the waifu yeah. material, yeah. I mean, I I wouldn't put it, put it past them. Um <laughs> if you compare both games to to one another like, yeah, you could you can you can make a strong argument about that. <laughs> Yeah, um, but yeah, it's that it, it's cool. I mean, I, I'll, I'll I'll definitely look into it when it comes out for sure. Um, Mario plus Rabbids DLC. Um, they're putting in Donkey Kong into the game, um, and uh, I believe it's just a new character. Yeah, it's just a new yeah, character. It's they, nothing they else. <laughs> yeah, people were uh, on Twitter asking uh, specific people involved with it if it was new levels or. If it's just Donkey Kong, and it seems to be just Donkey Kong. Yeah, just Donkey Kong. But here's here's a there's a plus side, and uh, uh, what's his name? The guy who did the music for it. Um, I know you're talking about too. Um, <laughs> uh, what's his yeah, name? Anyway, he he talked about how um, playing with Donkey Kong, they were able to add in some music from Donkey Kong 64. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. The remastered version of that. So. I don't know what that means exactly. It, there might be levels, but we didn't see anything. So. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Um, so, yeah, Dunk Kong's coming to Mario Plus Rabbids, uh, spring of 2018. Um, Payday 2, if you have not played that game at some point, because it seems like it's been on every other system known to mankind. Right. Payday 2 port coming to the Nintendo Switch February 27th. Um, yeah. <laughs> There's not much to say about that game. That game's turning into the new Skyrim. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> that game has been around so long that if you need us to talk about Payday 2, you should probably just get out of that rock you're under and Cut. go look at the internet. Listen to the podcast about maybe a year or two ago. <laughs> yeah, probably more than that. It's been around a long time. It has been, it has been. Payday 2 was coming out when I worked at Sony Online Entertainment. Yeah. Yeah. That should, yeah. It's been a while. It's been a hot minute. <laughs> it's been it's been quite some time, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's on the switch now. So, uh, Faye and Kalisi, I'm I'm mispronouncing, but it's the it's uh, the indie game um, that uh, is part of EA Originals. Uh, it is coming to the switch on February and January. Hang on, uh, the company is highlighting Faye announced last year. The games uh, the game now has a February 16th release date. Oh, it's a different game. Okay, so Faye is the game that's coming to the Switch on the 16th. Oh, And then yes. Kalisti is coming, the, another game. You uh, might be mispronouncing it. I think it's Fee. Fee, yeah, Fee. Fee, like what you're going to have to pay to be able to play it? <laughs> there you go, yeah. Um, And then the other game, their indie game, is going to be coming uh, on the Switch on January 25th. Um, which I'm trying to remember what this looks like. Um, oh, was this the side scroller? I think it might be. It's actually been a game. I actually, really was just interested in when I was checking it out. Anthony's just doing research on his own right now, guys. Don't yeah, worry about it. yeah don't mind him. He, he's <laughs> totally prepared. Hundred percent prepared. Hundred percent prepared. Hundred percent prepared. Um, last two here. Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze coming to the Switch as well. So at this point, it's basically 
if you're if you have every game on the Wii U is gonna just come to the Switch at some point. It, it seems from kind of reading on some of this news and looking at some future content, I think that's gonna be the case for the most part. Let's be honest, there's really no reason not to. I know. There, it's anybody who, who sells anything on the Switch right now is making a good amount of profit. So it's kind of like, why not at this point? Absolutely. But it's coming out uh, May 4th, and, and it's going to uh, also include Funky Kong as one of the play- uh, playable characters this time around. So um, I might be down for that, actually. It's a good game. Donkey Kong uh, Tropical Freeze is actually a really good game. Uh, last but not least, the Nintendo hinted in the, tra- in the in the mini direct, and you know, I I didn't think it was gonna happen, or I I, didn't, I had no idea what it was, and then they announced that Dark Souls Remastered is coming to the Switch. That was the that was the biggest announcement during the whole thing. Oh because, yeah, definitely. Easily. Because and what I think is fascinating is that this Dark Souls Remastered is not exclusive to the Switch. Is it not? Is it? No, it's it's coming to PS4 and Xbox One as well. But here's it's the just thing. the remastering with a new console to be launched on. Hmm. Right. This was the announcement of the remaster, if you will. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. This this is the one that I wanted to talk about because we didn't. I didn't know this on Thursday. Hmm. Wait. Um. It wasn't. It wasn't until I want to say like yesterday I found out. Oh. And. Uh, yeah, because when you watch the trailer itself, um, at the end it says Xbox One PS4 on it as well, next to the Switch part. Um, and I think okay. it's going to be on Steam too, if I'm not mistaken. Probably. Let's yeah. be honest. If it's not on Steam, they're cu- they're shooting themselves in the foot. Yes. Yes. Front self. Just front... remember, okay. Dark Souls. Dark Souls on the Switch for when you want to punish yourself at home and away. <laughs> From Software has been uh, kind of busy as of late. They've had this coming out this year. They had the thing that I, I still think is Bloodborne 2 uh, that was announced uh, during last year at the, um, the Game Awards. That short, nope. thir- that short I'm going to interrupt you real second. quick. Do we have to really watch this softcore porn the entire time? That's, we're about done. We're about done. <laughs> like, we're about done. Like, <laughs> it's just there. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, it's... Uh, it's... <laughs> You have no response. Guys, Anthony likes it. It's fine. Okay, Anthony likes it. We're done. We're done. Hopefully, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, Um, If you don't want the podcast to go over too long, uh, if you want to just kind of cut this one short and I can do the brief Overwatch minute, it'll be like two minutes because there's there's nothing happened this week but Overwatch League, so. Oh, well, no, no, this is. Uh, And there's your Overwatch minute. (laughs) (laughs) Like, no, this literally, this was, that was the last thing on the list for the um, Nintendo Mini Direct. Um. And then, yeah, after this is going to be the Overwatch Minute. So, yeah. Um, but uh, I was going to say, um, yeah, everything they've announced for Nintendo Mini Direct, um, you know, apart for the course, like, it seems like the the the, uh, the universal message is, I said it before, um, if you have a game and you want to bring it over to the Switch, um, do so. Because, it, you know, anybody who does is making a lot of profit. Um and there's definitely a case including, you know, Payday 2 on, on the list. So that seems to be the running theme for the Switch so far. I, I think the real theme for the Switch is Nintendo's going like, okay, so the Wii U was a total flop because we wouldn't let anybody bring any shit over. Let's just change that real quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You ain't wrong. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a very clear reason why the Wii U failed, whereas the yeah, Wii definitely. didn't. Yep. Uh, they're, they're absolutely looking at that and they're going to change that with the switch um this like 
I'll tell you right now, the Switch will be a like a like a, a dynamite kill all other systems when they bring uh, just other apps, just video apps, Twitch, YouTube. Uh, oh Netflix. god, if I could watch if I could watch Twitch on that thing, oh hell yes. And we talked about it last week. There was apparently yeah. a video leak that that is the case. But yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. But on that same note, like more IPs, even if the IPs kind of suck, just keep bringing out IPs, like your original IP and stuff like that. Yeah, and, that's a big start, thing too. Yeah. Start concentrating on classic games because I tell you right now, if people can play Super Metroid on the go, they fucking will. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think it. Nintendo is definitely has a plan and they are definitely executing it to its uh to a remarkable degree um finally i know right <laughs> well it took them a while it took them a while <laughs> they have no excuse they are one of the longest standing video game companies they have no excuse they came in kicking and screaming when the whole connect to the internet thing popped in like they were the last ones to really get on board with that they're the last ones yeah. to do anything they got dragged through the mud for that too. Like they got dragged through the mud, and they were still bitching about having to do it. Yeah, exactly. So it took them a while, but I think they finally figured things out. But also on top of that, there is like new management or new new change with with, uh, with Nintendo staff as of late, um, and it's definitely is being shown now. Like the, the the young blood of Nintendo is definitely helping out and making Nintendo, you know, a name that is no longer like dragged in the a mud joke. anymore yeah like a joke so yeah, yeah good stuff let's to be them. honest there was a couple years there where it's like you like i'm a nintendo gamer and people just laugh i know bring back the vitality sensor um <laughs> i think at this point it's so such a uh <laughs> bring back bring back hey you pikachu yeah that'd be cool oh my god by the way before we end this how weird is that Detective Pikachu trailer? I'm okay oh. with it. I'm actually okay with it. For the most I mean, part. I'm not going to play it. I just said I wasn't going to play it. It's like, I, weird. And that's one of those games I'm not going to play it, but by God, if somebody streams it on Twitch, I'm going to watch that shit. There oh, you go. Definitely. definitely. All right. So give me a second here. Uh, oh, well. Hang on. Where is it? Uh, nah, okay, whatever. It's fine. All right. So. Oh, I need to get the setup actually real quick. He wasn't ready for this at all, folks. That's totally my fault. Yeah, it, it is actually Greg's fault. It actually is. So you can't blame like, me for I this I had to one. stop my stream to pinch hit for Greg, and he didn't even say thank you because he's a dick. <laughs> I'm going to. I was just waiting until we were done talking about things. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually got a new video. I got a new video tune. Uh, let me show you do that. Um, all right, guys. It is time. For the Overwatch Minutes, with great dates. Alright guys, um, I was introduced by Anthony, thank you for that, and a burp by uh, Alex. Um, so, <laughs> um, this past week, during the, the ending of AGQ, um, the Overwatch League started. If you don't know what the Overwatch League is, League is I will explain it to you the best way that I can. Um, so, uh, it, it's basically... The NFL or the or the MLB or NHL, whatever, a, a professional sports league. What I didn't know going into it was that each league was going to be recruiting their players from different parts of the world, and they didn't really. It wasn't centrally located. So if they're if they're if the team is from London, doesn't mean that all the players are from London. Uh, there's I mean there's two Los Angeles teams. There's a San Francisco team. There's um, a New York team. 
Uh, I'm actually trying to bring up the teams right now. There we go. Jeez. You saying that I knew something you didn't know? <laughs> well, because I didn't look too deep into the Overwatch League. I didn't really under like I didn't really do much research on it. So, um, that's why I didn't know. I was concentrating more on the games updates and stuff like that for the Overwatch minute. Um, but here's the thing: because of the way the Overwatch League is built, makes it so cool. Because that means that like if a team is dominating or if a team is really good, it's because that team is good. And it has nothing to do with like, well, they're from North Korea. Or sorry, no, South Korea. They're <laughs> from North Korea. Oh, God, run! <laughs> I do that backwards all the time. Um, don't get me wrong. There are a lot of South Korean players in, in this uh, on every team. I'm not surprised. But, uh, there are a lot. Um, but uh, I think one team's almost comprised entirely of uh, South Koreans. Um, I believe that would be the... Uh, the soul uh soul dynasty mm -hmm. um but uh um they basically just play a competitive match um and they go until one team like they'll, they'll play four competitive matches one that's a um push the cart or push the payload which is like there's no there's no spot to overtake there's no location to capture um they'll do a hybrid where it's capture then move the payload they'll do a um uh the, the uh, zone, like hold the zone for a while, and then they'll do, um, what's the fourth game type? Oh, draw a blank. But anyway, it doesn't King matter. The they play... It's not King of the Hill. I mean, that's kind of the one that I was talking about with the capture. Oh, you mean control points. Is what you're talking. Control no, there, points. There, yeah, there's control points, uh, then there's push the payload. Like, well, because they, they, the do, they do, they have four different types. They have four different game types. There's there's the one that's just pushed the payload, which is basically Route, Route, um, Route 66, uh, El Dorado, um, uh, Junkertown. Uh, then there's the hybrid, which is uh, like the London map, um, uh, the Numbani, uh, and that's like that's capture the point, then move the payload. Uh, there's the uh, dual capture spots that is like. Um, uh, the Japanese map, which I'm drawing a blank on that name, and uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of another map. But then there's the control zone maps, which is uh, Nepal and um, the the Chinese map, uh, which there's like basically three different maps within the map, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and what they'll do is they'll play each one overall, no matter what. Even if one team wins three of them, they'll still play the fourth one. The reason being is that a lot of um, the uh, kills and stats that go into that could lead up to tiebreakers, so they don't actually have uh, to have okay. a tiebreaker match. Okay, I was about to ask that too, so, okay. Um, so there are four stages. Each stage has five weeks. So stage one, this was week one. Week five will end, uh, let's see, I'm trying to bring it up. Uh, we'll end on the 10th. On, I'm sorry, February 10th. My bad. Um, yeah, stage one will end on February 10th. However, there uh, there are two title matches. So basically, the four best teams will then go against each other. And I think, I don't think it's a mini bracket. So I think there are two winners. If there aren't two winners, it's like those two then go against each other because the prize pool is 125,000 US dollars. Um, cool. Split, yeah, split, so, split amongst like five people. That's 
It's a good payday. Yeah, yeah, it's a pretty good chunk. So, so what's rad is that, like I said, there's there's five, there's four stages. So it'll go through all four stages, and then at the end of everything, at the end of the last stage on, uh, so stage four, week five will end on the sixteenth, um, and then they'll have their final matches, and then it'll go into playoffs. And I think a playoffs is, is is eight teams bracket, and since there's twelve teams, four teams will automatically be eliminated. Um, uh, and then it'll go into like, you know, playoffs go into the to the finals and yada yada yada. Um, and I guess there's one more week where they do an All Star Weekend. Cool. Um, and the, the, they don't have playoffs, grand finals, or All Star Weekend like highlighted, so I can't click on them and see when the dates are. Mm-hmm. But like. It looks like an, the Overwatch League season is like nine months. Is it, is it really? Wow. Yeah, like it's super long. Um, but every single week until fucking June, like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, you'll be able to watch high-level competitive Overwatch stuff. Um, every season, it seems like they're going to be able to bring in new players. Players will drop. They'll be able to pick up free, free, uh, free agent players kind of thing, like... It's designed to be very similar to other sporting leagues, so um, it's it's highly fascinating to watch because these teams are well oiled. Mm-hmm. They they know each other inside and out. They know where each other are, and what makes one team better than the other is simply um, how well oiled. You know. Yeah, definitely. Especially with that first uh, that first set that I watched between the. San Francisco Shock, uh, Shockers, and and the LA. What are they called? Valiants. So there's so there's the there's the Los Angeles Gladiators, the Shanghai Dragons, Los Angeles Valiant, San Francisco Shock, Seoul Dynasty, Dallas Fuel, Houston Outlaws, Philadelphia Fusion, Florida Mayhem, London Spitfire, New York Excelsior, and Boston Uprising. So my question is, when it comes to these like international teams, are they are they bringing them over to the yes. to the arena to play? Yes, they're all yeah. being they're all playing at the Blizzard Arena. Oh wow! And Every be, last one of them. That's, that's ba- crazy. They're basically living living there for the remainder of the season. Oh, like, okay. I don't know if they fly home on the days that they're not, but probably, on the days that they're not, probably, they're probably not. They're probably practicing, much like a regular football team. Yeah, wow. you know. They're probably living in the Irvine area right now. It's right. unlikely that they're going to be flying back and forth internationally. That's too much money, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Right. Agreed. Uh, um, did you hear about the Blizzard employee nicknamed API? Mm-hmm. Okay, so if you've watched any of these, like if you go to the actual arena, above the, above those spectators, there's actually like this big halo. And that halo fills up to, with the right color for the team that's winning. It like So you can track objectives with it, right? Mm-hmm. Apparently, according to like all of the employees there, that's controlled by a person, not a computer. So there's somebody somewhere in that in that stadium watching the game and meticulously updating this fucking uh, light fill so that we can make sure we have the correct tracking on it. Mm. And they've that's... nicknamed him API. Hmm. That's actually really cool. I didn't know about that. Yep. Wow. I will say on on top of that, like the presentation of of the event itself is really well that's, done it's super yeah. good yeah they make it hi- they make it hype as hell 
I'll drop a link to that article about API in the chat. Awesome. Um, yeah, it's 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 really well done. I love, love the presentation. Um, it's super clean. I love where it's at. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. Like it's. It yeah, is, I was talking it, to a friend. I was talking to a friend the other day, Anthony. Um, you know, on that note, like making it as cool as it is and presenting all the teams in the fashion that they are um, is going to, you know, uh, account for a lot of money to be made by Blizzard. Uh, because not only can you get the skin colors of your favorite team on your favorite characters in Overwatch, um, like I already have the purple skin for Lucio and Mercy, and I haven't spent a dime. They just uh, they'll give you, um, uh, I think a hundred for every um, after every week. They'll give you they'll give you enough to get a skin for a character after every week. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Um, but also, you can go to their website and actually buy sporting gear, yeah, or sports gear that look, you know, like for to actually wear. Like that's it's insane. Plus, when you have like they had over a hundred, I think they had over three hundred thousand people watching on day one. Oh yeah, yeah, they had a lot, crowd ton of people watching on day one, which was insane. Um, I popped in to check it out too. So like, well, let's be honest though, that's not surprising. Have you seen the numbers that say like League of Legends polls? Right, right, right. Like, right, it's, right. It's not surprising that they got a bunch of people watching at this point. Yeah. Uh, what would be more surprising is if they didn't. Yeah. Yeah. The thing about it, though, too, is that, like, this is, like, kind of, like, I want to say that it was, it's something that Blizzard embarking, but I feel like it's also, in a way, kind of, like, what, how is this going to look like, you know, could this potentially be something for for other games or future esports, other um games that may enact the same thing so like it was it was very much like we're all watching to see what happens and um, it's it's by far the best presentation i've seen so far for a competitive uh league sort of thing in video games agreed agreed um yeah. i don't i don't know if i agree with that 100 um just because i i I've followed league of legends competitively for a long long time they're they're literally the forerunners on this nobody else had a setup like this until riot came along true True. Blizzard is based a lot of what they're doing right now off of the formula that Riot developed. True. Uh, where they have the they have the teams uh, from a different region. They have the teams individually coming in. They are going to be in the same area. They have their own studio. All of this is basically what Riot did with League of Legends first. Well, yeah. Don't I mean? Don't get me wrong. Like, like I think Evo does something very similar too. Uh, what I, what I'm more so getting at is is how how for me it's it's. Uh, it's presented because it, it there's something special about it. There's something that like, normally I wouldn't watch this. Normally I wouldn't care, but there was something about it that really attracted to me and made me want to sit there and watch it all four days. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas League of Legends didn't really do that. Uh, Evo, Evo does it, but like only with the final like people. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's because of my love of Overwatch. I, I think that's what it is. Cause yeah. I didn't, I have, very little interest in actually watching this myself okay. personally. Okay. I mean, Overwatch is kind of fun to dick around with and with my buddies, but I've never once gotten into the competitive side. I've never had any interest in the competitive side. So I think it's just one of those things of like, if you are really into Overwatch, you're really into the competitive, you're going to fucking love this. If you're mm-hmm. not, maybe it's something to watch and you got nothing else. If anything, you, the people might treat it like... Uh... <laughs> Like the uh, the World, World Cup soccer, or like or like tune in like only when the World Cup happens. Yeah. So well, maybe that kind of. I might well. also be a little bit jaded, honestly, because I've watched Blizzard 
quite honestly, fuck up a lot of, like, esports level stuff that they could do. Mm -hmm. They, I mean, other than StarCraft, which was not run by Blizzard whatsoever, anytime Blizzard runs an esport, they drive it into the ground because they don't know what the fuck they're doing. So, we'll see what happens. Hopefully they've learned their lesson, but who knows? Mm -hmm. Well, that's one of the cool things. I One of the things that maybe, maybe I haven't seen it before. Maybe this is the first time and I'm just now, it's now being brought to light to me, but um, I've never seen it done in a way where it's like a professional sports league, where mm -hmm. each each there's a there's a team that's represented by a city and they have players from all around the world. Oh no, that, that's definitely new. You're right, that is new for for Blizzard. That's very new. Yes, like what well, is that is that new in the competitive gaming scene as a whole? Yes. Um. Well, yeah, in... kind of. Because like I know, because the one thing I want to throw in there is that like this is the first time we've seen actual sports investors actually take an interest into uh, in these false. sports. False. Again, false. Nope. You actually have had them investing in uh, League of Legends for quite some time now. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't Fox. Echo Fox is actually run by, uh, owned by somebody who is a, uh, I think he actually used to be a pro basketball player. Yep, uh, Rick Fox. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's not the first time that somebody from a pro from like a traditional sports professional level has ever gotten involved in this. Right, right. Um, I, I, to me, to me, it was just, uh, and I might be just misinformed, but like, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but like, in, in Overwatch League, like, they're not just multiple aspects of some of these sports investors, um, but there's a whole slew of them from like different countries or oh, different um, there, there definitely states. is, but part of the reason for that was because of the entry price to be able to have a team by Blizzard. Yeah, that's true. They're, they're the only people that's who could afford it. Yeah. Like, this is one of those ones you're not going to see it like the League of Legends style where it's like, oh, well, you know, we have um, these guys who fought their way up from the very dregs of fucking, you know, nothing to be able to come in and play. This is going to be handpicked only. You're never going to see anybody that's not outside of a select few, most likely, other than, you know, maybe up and coming ones. But you're not going to see a team emerge, you know, victorious on the top of the heap to be able to go to pro. Right, right, definitely. Definitely. Um, you might see individual players in that category. Like yeah. They, yeah but oh, you'll, you'll, you'll see them like, you know, they got to the top of the rankings and they were scouted, just like you would see it in like, uh, you know, if they were scouting somebody for like the NFL but right. you're not going to see an entire team emerge and be like, hey, we're the best that you have to offer and we're coming in and we're going to prove that we're better than everybody that's currently there. No, you're absolutely, you're absolutely correct on that. You will and not I, see, yeah. I'm a little bit sad about that, honestly. Like, it, it would be nice to be able to see that. And I think that's a really, I think that's a really unique twist that Riot has on their version of this, of this type of league. I honestly, though, I think Riot has done made some mistakes and I can get into that some other time. I don't want to bring too much League of Legends into... Overwatch, but there's been mistakes made. I think that overall, if Blizzard actually shows the dedication they need to to support this esport, it could go a long way. I'm just hoping they actually do it because they have a long history of not supporting esports the way it needs to be supported to allow them to survive long term. Yeah, uh, we'll definitely see in the future. I mean, they, for 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 a lot of us, like just watching, you know, we're all just kind of wondering how it is going to turn out and what exactly is going to become of this. It's going to be something that's going to be a one-and-done deal, or is it going to be something, something more long-term in the future. Um, so, we'll definitely I see mean, if, how if this they goes. Can keep pulling in, if they can keep pulling in the viewers that they got over this past, this first week, like, I think they have something, but... Mm -hmm. well, what'll, what'll be really interesting is, let's after the first 
say like uh, eight weeks or so, like out of the first like season for this, what are we going to see the viewer levels at, at that point? Because right now it's new, and we all know the internet loves something new. Right, but definitely, definitely. What's it going to be at after that? That is the real question, I think. Can this sustain that's, the numbers that they, that they exactly. can have? Or right, a heavy yeah. medium, so. Yeah, and that's, that's more so, That's I mean, that's exactly what I was getting at, was like, um, is, is, is it, because like I said, there's four weeks, or sorry, there's four stages, each stage has, has five weeks. So that's 20 it's weeks before we even get to the playoffs. Yeah, there's it's a, a lot. lot. Yep, it's a lot. Yeah, definitely. What they, what, what's really interesting, too, is they have a way on the website for you to follow a specific team and get notifications via email or your phone uh, when that team starts to play. So that I think that's an interesting angle, um, only because that very much seems like they want you to pick a favorite team. <laughs> much like how you would with any other sporting league. Yeah. Valer brings up a good point too in chat. Um, he, he he did point out, those numbers happen during AGDQ. That's there's true. A, That's true. A, yeah, yeah. Now, to be fair, like he pointed out, there's not a huge overlap in those people because people who are generally interested in speedrunning are not going to be watching a Team Fortress 2 style game. Not a lot of the time. Maybe sometimes, but not a lot. Like you so, did have you did have me who we'll had see. like who had one on my Xbox and one on my laptop. Yeah, see, you might have, yeah. and that's kind of yeah. And to but be it's honest, it's gonna be interesting to see if those numbers go up or if they go down as the weeks progress, based on you know I th- I big think events leg- not going on. And yeah, then, I, th- I think that legitimately, as time will go on, the numbers will go down a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, but I don't think they'll ever go past a hundred thousand on any yeah. night. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, and like look at uh, what League of Legends, their numbers for their normal broadcasts have gone down substantially. But you know what does have a big following still? The World Finals. Right. That's what I was. They I was still just post about to say that too. huge numbers on those. Yeah. Yeah. Like like I, said, I imagine the could... playoffs will have will, will be enormous. Yeah, like I said, it yeah. could be a situation where there's a World Cup situation where like nobody really watches the, the you know the season, but they'll tune in for the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, again, due time. We'll we'll finally see, we'll we'll see how it goes, um, but you know it, it was interesting to watch for me. So I'm I'm personally very very excited to see where it goes, and I'm very I'm very excited to follow it because a I love Overwatch, and b um, it was something that I hadn't seen before in competitive gaming. So yeah, yeah. All right, well, that has been your Overwatch minute with Greg Deets. All righty then. So, um. Yeah, guys, uh, somehow Greg found his way into the stream somehow. Um, but uh, I was I was watching Dragon Ball Super on my phone, and then I woke up at 8.20, and I went, <laughs> and I text Anthony immediately with a giant fuck. <laughs> but you're fired. I'm taking over. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> um, before we end the podcast, um, so... Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Defect of Naruto. You can follow the work that we do at MissionStarPodcast.com. It's a Christmas miracle. Yeah, exactly. In Salvador. Um, <laughs> I'll throw it over to you guys. Where can they find you guys on the internet? Starting with Alex. Uh, you can find me at on Twitter at B-I-G-I-E-U. Um, you can find me on Facebook as Capture underscore Photography. Uh, Instagram is also Capture underscore Photography. And if you don't want to listen to these guys any longer, you can actually find me on Twitch at B-I-G-I-E-U, and I will be streaming after this. I will be going back to Slay the Spire. And Greg? Um, you can follow me on, twi- on Twitter, at Chubrocky. 
Um, I do, uh, um, obviously, this podcast, but also uh, the new What's on Tap with Anthony on Thursdays, which you'll talk about more in a moment. Yes. Um, and uh, the um, uh, All Queued Up podcast with uh, Isabaner, which uh, our next, the episode that's currently up is on Dark and um, Wormwood, uh, which one's a very fascinating show, one's an okay show. But definitely go listen to our uh, go listen to our review of it. Um, it has been a uh, it's been a daunting week for both of us in regards to recording the podcast. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, uh, definitely check it out. It's on. Um, uh, let's see if I can remember them all. iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Podbean, Google Play, and uh, my brain. Where's the last one? I don't remember. Uh, damn it! SoundCloud. Damn, gonna... SoundCloud. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, somebody okay, remembers. I'll get, I'll, get, I'll get it eventually. This is why I have notes during the podcast, guys. So he can't wake up. He can't remember where you can find him. <laughs> He's uh, all over but the place. It, uh, yeah, um, uh, podcast is a lot of fun. Like Josh and I have a lot of fun just just talking about whatever the hell we watched on Netflix, and uh, um, I'm excited to continue it throughout the year and try to make it grow. Uh, where else can you find me? That's it. Yeah. I don't stream on heat anymore. So there's that. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Um, oops, wrong one. Uh, there we go. So if you enjoy this podcast, as we said prior, you can catch this podcast on iTunes and Stitcher as well as on our website every Tuesday, uh, for your MP3 version. Um, and also if you're subscribed to our podcast fees, you'll get to get it every Tuesday. Uh, under Mission Star Podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. Um, if you enjoy us talking about conventions, we haven't done it in a while, but we'll soon do it pretty soon because it's New Year, new conventions and whatnot. Check out the Conover. It is a podcast where we talk about our thoughts on said convention. Was it good? Was it bad? Should you go to this convention? Were there, were there weird moments that happens? Stories and whatnot. It is on iTunes, Stitcher, and as well as on our podcast section uh, on MissionStarPodcast.com. If you enjoy anime, games, comic books, for the most part, movies, entertainment, check out The Rolling Twenties. It is a whole bunch of stuff in one podcast, hosted by Jeremy Wilson. Uh, it is posted usually every Friday. Um, sometimes it isn't, but most of the time it is posted every Friday. It's on iTunes and Stitcher, um, as well as on our website at missionstartpodcast.com. Um, we have a movie podcast, which I need to go and update. Uh, but it is it is up if you want to check out the past episodes. It is called Down in Front. Uh, it's also available on iTunes, Stitcher, as well as in our podcast section. Um, that is something I will have to update pretty soon. I'm so slow with that. But uh, yeah, expect an update from that uh, relatively soon. But uh, once it's live, or once it's back uh, live, check it out. It's our movie podcast where we talk about all of our thoughts on uh, movies we have seen and what our thoughts about them. And as Greg has said, and I don't have a slide for, I actually need to update that slide, honestly. Um, we have a new Let's Play series called um, uh, What's on Tap. And it's basically uh, a Let's Play series between me and Greg where I play several games and he watches. And uh, kind of this uh, this role-playing ask as well with me being the bartender and me serving up drinks and no, serving up good, serving up fun, uh, fun times and drink, uh, not drinks. <laughs> and Greg is my Patreon or my um, my customer. I'm 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 serving him too. So patron, not Patreon. Patreon, so yeah. Confused now. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, um, uh, that's about it as far as I as far as I know. Um, I will say, oh wow, thank you for the hose half empty for the sixty five viewers. Well, uh right at the end. <laughs> I was about to ask Greg. Uh, Greg, do you want to do the after hours segment since we yeah. have like new people coming in? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. So in that case, if you're just here for the podcast, uh, the podcast main proper is going to end, but we're going to start our after hours. Um, Alex, you want to? I'm going to jump out for that. Okay. Yep. Right. I'm going to go back to my stream. Gotcha. I'm going to do my thing. Gotcha. Okay. Um, in that case, we'll get a, an after hour segment with me and Greg. We talk about whatever is on our, on our minds. Um, but if you're just here for the podcast, um, Hey, what's up? Uh, then, uh, <laughs> Then, uh, you know, we'll come back for next week, next Sunday, 8 p.m. Uh, on this Twitch channel. Uh, we have another edition of uh, Missions Our Podcast. So, again, for those who want to st- uh, stick around or just came from Half Empty, uh, we're doing an after-hour segment in a minute. But in the meantime, check out this outro. We'll see you guys next time.